0: <laughs> yes. Well, we got, oh. <laughs> oh, we missed all the spicy content. Well the pre-roll. Uh, at least we've got it in audio form. Yeah. Can patch it in.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. We can do the cold, 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 cold open.
0: Yeah. Good morning. Morning. Good morning. How's it going? I,
1: I was gonna I have a I have a new microphone on the way from Ooh. I did a microphone trade with a friend and I thought it was gonna be here. It's out for delivery, and I was excited, but it's not. So, damn it! You get What'd the old get? mic for now. The old Sure SM7B.
0: Oh yes, yes. Classic podcasting choice. Just really
1: like how it sounds whenever I notice it, and yeah, wanted to try it. And he was like, oh, "I'll trade you for this other one." And so I like, "All right, it's a good." Cool. Deal. We'll find out. Lovely. What's happening?
0: It's at twenty twenty four. Nothing on our list. Wrap up show. Oh
1: boy, oh boy. Yeah.
0: Goals, ambitions, plans. Did you get any? Nope. Did you?
1: Oh, I got a couple. You just, (laughs) you lagged out real hard there.
0: Did you get new internet? Yeah. Oh, really? not that much. Hmm. It's slightly better. (laughs) It's slightly (laughs) less stable (laughs) and slightly faster. uh, Yeah. It's not very exciting. I can't
1: tell. I don't know. Yeah, it's it's quicker. I got a couple.
0: A very quick example of how much better the internet is. Mm -hmm. Marginally better. Previously, when I plugged in my SSD with all my photos on it, external drive, and if I had Dropbox backing up that drive, it would pretty much render the internet useless for everyone here. Whereas now, I can oh, have wow. that backup drive running. I can have that backup running to Dropbox simultaneously with work <laughs> happening at the same yeah. time. Amazing.
1: Wow. So, yeah. Lovely. <laughs> it like a bunch more cost.
0: Don't know. A little bit more.
1: Mm, that's good. Yeah, yeah.
0: So you got? We do we have some?
1: Yeah, we just having inputs. We have two.
0: Two. Come on. I was
1: trying to remember. I think somebody messaged me something two. too. So it's going to be a lot of a lot of our thoughts. That's okay.
0: It is our podcast. God damn
1: it! Here, or we can wait till the new year and talk about it. No.
0: No. I want to make plans now.
1: You're cutting out a lot. I can do something about this i don't think so we have any other options yeah. uh couple i don't know do you have thoughts to start you're good
0: on the next on on, on, on thoughts do i have thoughts Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah i've been chatting We're, to my we just therapist. run out of thoughts altogether <laughs> i've been chatting to my therapist all morning about oh that's good the coming year
1: another good reason yeah. for me to be late i guess we are both late come on
0: Yeah, no, I've got plans for next year, but I want to hear what other people are doing.
1: I did too. Yeah, I thought I had one other. I thought I had three, but we have two. We can start with those if we like. Let's. So the idea was we were going to (laughs) collect thoughts from everybody that wanted to send them in, and I believe these are both from the same person, which (laughs) makes it worse. There's no, there's no. Oh, I don't know how to put this in now, too. Damn. Let's try. We'll just cut it in after in the edit. Okay. If it's audio. this is from this is from custodian at debris brooms. Oh, debris uh, brooms! Nice. Oh shit, wrong one. Maybe I can do it. Let's try this. Share. Don't break it, just dead. Oh, it doesn't let me. It doesn't. <laughs> it didn't work. We have an audio. He actually sent a video, which is cool. Wow. So I was gonna play it. Replace. Open. I always wonder how people do this. They probably have producers. Producers. No. There it is. All right. So here's the. Here's this. You see it? it looks like oh, it's working. Yeah, playing. yeah, it's working. It's from Debris Brims.
0: Can't hear it. You'll have to summarize it for me. And then we'll okay. cut it in. Well,
1: what what he said, because didn't play over to Jim. What do you do with things that are too niche to sell and where the to cool tools go to die is what he wrote. <laughs> what are you purging? What do you do with that type of equipment? What well, <laughs> the first comment. Just a grown man filling himself filling himself on the floor with plastic Wonderland. I've Got some gems of equipment in here that I'll never use again. What do you do with that type of equipment?
0: Oh, yeah, okay. That's very pertinent to me today because we're doing our, like, workshop cleanup. Oh. I don't want to call it a cleanup. We've got our lean day today. We haven't had a lean day in months. But...
1: You need, like, shirts that are, like, somebody, like, leaning <laughs> a little bit, you know, like, on a pile of, pile of material. It's not about cleaning.
0: Day. It's about leading.
1: cleaning it's not a clean like lean it's like italicized in the middle of it (laughs) oh i like it you're just a a,
0: a born graphic
1: designer (laughs) well gpt is
0: (laughs) (laughs) ah oh look this this is a controversial topic i have regrets about purging certain bits of kit out of the shop for the sake Mm -hmm. of floor space or efficiency because i like to have all the toys available to be able to let them trigger ideas and be sitting there available as processes. And even if they only get used once a year, right. I, I like to have them there. So I'm, I'm, I'm pretty crap at getting rid of disused kit. Yeah, same. Because it all just, you know, it just says potential. I have potential.
1: Right.
0: Don't throw me away. Same as materials. So I think, you know, my team would happily see me purge a whole lot of material pallets of material out of the shop and
1: do they say this? Oh yeah. Or is this your assumption?
0: No 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 they oh, say okay. this. And I'm quite oh, resi- wow. I'm quite resistant to it. So there'll be a battle today yeah. on this topic of like, Jim, get your
1: crap out of the racks. I'm like Okay, <laughs> maybe maybe some of it. But not that. I need that. <laughs> I've got I've got kitchen bold kitchen material that was never used in our very small storage rack. Yeah my house.
0: So yeah, useless answer because I would just keep it all. But for the sake of efficiency, yeah, I don't know. I don't see. Th- like, for instance, today, efficiency, creating efficiency is not, for me, it's not about clearing space mm. and getting rid of stuff just because we don't use it very often. It's about making what we do have accessible knowing what we've mm-hmm. got. So someone who doesn't work here or have started there on their first day can walk into the shop and identify the hierarchy of our organizational structure and thought process and go, yeah. oh, I wonder where I find the cleaning supplies. Oh, they must be here because of but, but, but or the sign that tells me where it is or like it's about yeah. making the resources available and efficient to use, not just like cleaning and clearing floor space because that feels like a low hanging fruit
1: i guess i'd i'd push back and say if i I i'm doing the saunders thing it's like every time you move it around or like or like not use it i guess isn't Mm -hmm. it the same as as the effect of it's like an inverse benefit of having you gotten rid of it i guess Mm -hmm. like you're continuing to waste the space one of the worst ways I feel like I've I've thought about this that helps me get rid of stuff is to literally think about what's our per square foot cost a year. <laughs> I don't know how to do it. what's a meter square foot cost or do you do smaller than meters?
0: Meters. A meter do you have a smaller
1: foot. unit than meters. <laughs> square meter, right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Small centimeter. That's how we do ours. You know, you know, figure out what that costs and then you start to go, Oh my god, I just paid three hundred dollars to keep that this year. Like and it starts to really hurt. And I'm, I'm just saying that because it helps me too, honestly, because I'm terrible. We are also planning to do the same and to get rid of some stuff, but also like in the case of we have an old Creality 3D printer that we don't use. And before we had our birth, I was going to give it away and I still plan to. I asked for some people that wanted it and just never got it accomplished because of that. But I will hopefully by the end of the year here. Could sell it, I suppose. Selling stuff I feel like is slower often because you got to like wait for the buyer to come around. But if you can get rid of it fast by like giving it away, that's always more beneficial and makes it less of a pain point of like, well, this will disappear faster,
0: <laughs> you know? And where, like, okay, let's dive into that. Where does that printer currently live? Like, how is it obstructing you right now?
1: It is on the miter saw <laughs> workbench that we never finished getting set up and it collects stuff around it so there's currently a bunch of other boxes and things because there's never been proper power run to it so it's this kind of a chain of, of, of mm. problems with that that it's like because there's other crap there then it like doesn't move forward as this usable thing and the dust collection isn't hooked up and but really i mean we've moved the print now this is my point to go back to it it's like the traditional waste crap that's easy to point to of lean. I think that printer has moved at least half a dozen times from where it originally was used. And we knew we weren't going to use it again. Mm. Like it just keeps moving or I knew very likely we're not using this again and we just <laughs> keep moving it around. I guess you, you could point to a bunch of different things. And I suppose in a certain sense, unless you're definitively as the business business owner, like know that, oh, we will definitely use this and we can't find another one like it of this gear hobber for kit of parts. Like, maybe it has to become unemotional and somebody else has to get rid of the stuff. Or mm. at least you only get you only get a veto a quarter for something come. to get rid of. You know? <laughs> you know, like yeah, yeah, yeah. and everybody else gets to like say, hey no, no, we don't use this and because, well, let's put it this way too. It's like, what if somebody on your team is like, well, I have all these other ideas, but we just don't have a place for any of it to go. You know, 100%. like, what if you could expand your, your kit of parts line and yeah. they know that Jim doesn't want to get rid of it and so they don't bring it up I'll unless be, you're not expanding your product line.
0: I'll be picking up all my stuff and putting it in the, the dumpster if someone comes to me with that <laughs> level of initiative. Absolutely. Like, <laughs> give me that. I think that's part of my resistance is like where I've been burnt in the past is like why why did I bother taking all those tools home that you deemed unnecessary for the workshop and then that space I don't see that space being utilized like so now I'm frustrated because I don't have that bit of kit in the workshop for R and D and I don't Mm -hmm. see that that as a win like in terms of right yeah I don't feel like that space was ever capitalized on
1: is there something specific that you're thinking of a tool. Yeah, 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 yeah. Or like something that you want to keep that that you think is really valuable. No, there is a specific, like... <laughs> the, the bit of kit that I'm
0: sour about is a hydraulic press, <laughs> a shop press, like a workshop press.
1: Yeah, how would it be hard to get rid of? Yeah. And so it
0: was removed and fair enough too. Like it had, hadn't had... No, it, it, it had been disassembled. And service and never, Team never works. reassembled. And then we invested yeah. in getting the replacement parts from the hydraulic shop and it was ready to go back together. And then at that point, it was deemed unnecessary and I took it home. <laughs> 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 I didn't it's realize I'd be room. airing my grievances on the air. And then <laughs> uh, ever since then, I've regretted that. Like, damn it. I want that press. It'd be handy.
1: Hmm. Anyway, moving on. Yeah. Moving on. that I guess with the Shapoko... A, a few times time. but i haven't you really still got that thing? no we sold it yeah, okay. but i would say that for the large part of the things we've gotten rid of there's very few things that i've ever gone i guess it's part of just i tend to look forward pretty mm-hmm. i probably still have all the things that that i feel too attached to and feel like we need and haven't gotten rid of things <laughs> that felt like we should have kept them that's probably why I don't have that feeling much, but I mean, I, I'm only digging into yours because they're way easier than to dig into my own. It's, <laughs> it's you know, we've got an entire, I'd say materials our biggest problem. Usually we hang on to remnant material, especially stuff that we think can be reused. Mm. Ricky and I are both really astute on trying to. Not astute, but I guess dedicated or feel responsibility for trying to recycle everything that we can. So like, the like FedEx material, like he knows a place that we take stuff that I, they actually recycle it. They turn it right. into like benches or something like that, which is pretty rare. That's- we recycle all the styrofoam that comes from stuff. I take that over to the west side, and so we we pile up a lot of that stuff, and we definitely don't have a lot of space for it, mm. and. Some of those things, like the HTP for the dust boots, it's like we have hundreds of pounds of that stuff, of recyclable material that there is a place in town that takes it. Hold up my new microphone. Um, quick, plug it <laughs> in. <laughs> quick, let's quick. totally ruin our podcast. <laughs> I
0: simply uh, must record on my new mic.
1: I, I'd say the thing that I have the most odd feelings about, if we're just talking about if we switch to maybe like things we could get rid of or change to improve, to be more useful to us, I went and like bought, we sold a larger jointer, a larger planer for wood, and a smaller jointer. Yep. Individual pieces. Then I bought a combo unit, which I think you have. Mm. And we've used that thing twice, maybe? And my friend Joe has come to use it once. It just sits there. It is more compact. It's less of investment than the other two tools. But I, I walk by it all the time and I think 3D filament has been on it more than wood. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Like it, and I'm just like, what? In that same trip, I almost bought a larger metal cutoff saw, like a horizontal bandsaw mm-hmm. and didn't because I was like, ah, I shouldn't buy that. But we would have used the cutoff saw more for sure. And it's half the price. And I sit here, I, I constantly think about that. I'm like, why did I? But then as soon as you get rid of it, this is the problem though. You get rid of the combo, you know, combo planer joiner and it will... S- Immediately needed again. And you really can't replace those tools very easily. Like,
0: yeah. Yeah. They're pretty
1: I, tough to replicate.
0: I think an argument that's worth having with yourself or, yeah, let's start with yourself is like, will it move the boat faster? Like, will this action of removing this enhance our production experience or make the business more effective or profitable or? Like, you know, an example of something here, which is Laura, like, speaking of your recycling, like, Laura's collected all her plastic, acetyl, acrylic offcuts in a wheelie dumpster bin for years because there's no decent recycling streams for it here yet. And so she's collected this huge tub, like, (laughs) hundreds of kilos of offcuts in this bin, and it sits out in the car park. Has a bit of gaffer tape over the lid to stop the lid blowing open. Sometimes it blows open and fills up with rain and, and sometimes new staff get confused and think it's a recycling bin and put it out on the street for pickup. And, like, it's kind of it's this this thing that's sat around for years. And, like, some people have commented on that. Like, why do we hang on to that? It's like, well, A, it's not really in the way of anything. It's just out in the car park. And B, at some point we'll be able to put those resources into a responsible recycling stream. Otherwise, they're just going to go in
1: the bin now. Right. That's exactly how we feel about it, too.
0: So, like, the easy kind of easy lean win would be just to throw the whole thing in the dump and be done with that. Like, oh, yeah, we cleared up yeah, yeah. a bit of extra stuff. But what effect does mm-hmm. that actually have? Like, I don't feel like there's an argument that that makes the business leaner by not having that
1: being out in the car park. Right. I, it is really easy to argue the other side, though, because it's, oh, it's, it's the so unintended consequences. It. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's, this, it's the same as if you say no to jobs, right? You're saying no to jobs that aren't as good mm-hmm. as they should be. They're not as profitable. They're too hard. The client is crap. Like... All those things, it's the same argument of like your opportunity cost. You don't know what you're, you're missing, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. What the opportunity was in the moment. Because say your perfect product production line of kit of parts, parts comes up on auction. You're like, oh, we could get it, but we can't put it anywhere. You know, like y- you didn't have the opportunity because you've got, oh, uh, the other one we have is recycled filament, parts that are bad. We've separated them into PETG, PLA. And that that can, that does have some recycling streams that we've looked into, Mm. but they're not, it's like, please send us, you know, a billion kilograms at once, not one kilogram at a time. And you're like, okay, we'll save it somewhere. Mm. I mean, I'm making the argument once again for myself because (laughs) we're terrible about this too. I feel like where it's like, it feels like the good thing to do, but in reality, it's it's like a lean hoarding or something. Or like responsible hoarding.
0: But it kind of comes back to resourcefulness, right? Of like responsible use of resources and materials. You imagine a world where those materials are way more valuable than they are today. Like absolutely, you'd hang right. on to all that stuff. Mm-hmm. And send it out for reprocessing or have your own, you know, recycled filament extruder in-house or whatever the solution yeah. might be down the track. Like. I think part of the issue is stuff is too cheap and it's too cheap to dispose of stuff. Like, I don't know mm-hmm. what your rates are like, but landfill tipping rates here are just like crazy cheap. Yes. Oof, whatever you want in the bin. And that makes it a very easy argument to just be like, oh, let's just get rid of it. Forget right. about it. Like <laughs> right? when I was, I don't know, maybe 30 or something, late 20s, I was helping my parents clean up at home. And I found a garbage bag of my old soft toys from when I was a child. I had a lot of yeah. soft toys and teddies when I was a kid. Like I had like 30 yep. in my bed at all times. And then so as a 30-year-old, I found this bag in the you know the attic or whatever, in the shed I think it was. And it was full of spiders yep. and rat poo and like it was pretty feral. And so I took it to the tip and... I have this now. I have this memory burnt into my retinas of like as I threw the bag over the edge into the landfill. I, I saw their little faces sort of exposed as, as the bag opened, and they were all looking up at me as they fell down into the, into the. Oh dock. my god! That,
1: and it is literally a lot out of a hoarder's show I watched recently.
0: <laughs> but like, it's so easy in that moment to just like. Throw stuff away and very quickly erase any sort of guilt or yeah, it's just it's too easy. It's too easy, and sometimes the harder, I, I totally the more agree. responsible thing can be sit sit on all your printer poop for years and right. do something with that resource. Mm.
1: No, I yeah, it's, I I I have an incredibly hard time just throwing things away of any type. Like it is, I feel immense guilt and, and, and part of that's like, you know, you know, you chose to buy it in the first place. And did you really consider the utility of it when you bought it? Like mm-hmm. uh, the longevity of the life and part of why, you know, as making things like my a family member, I, we'd got the second bamboo at home and I was showing them how this family member, how it works. And I was like, Oh, it's, you know, it's a pretty sweet machine. Like they really changed the game and they know me well enough. My wife's sitting there too. I'm like, don't you feel bad about printing th- plastic things? And I was like, yes, I feel terrible, you <laughs> know, like, and I moved past that to some degree, but like my only, I told them my two solaces are like some of it's recyclable, which is not really true, or it's not very well recycled especially where it goes. And the other is the industry is probably going to make these things as injection molded parts, and those are going to be far more wasteful. Because injection molding is like incredibly, like there's all this waste at the beginning, there's waste at the end, there's like way too many overproduced items in the first place, whereas we have like nine extra dust boot parts right now. Like there's yeah. very little like waste. And that's the only way I can convince myself other than trying to find improvements in that process that's more recyclable or more sustainable. But yeah, I have, that is one weird thing that's nice about machining metal, while it takes an immense amount of energy to get metal to your place and to machine it and to recycle it, it's, like, infinitely recycled, like, Mm -hmm. aluminum-wise. So that feels nice, at least. But same with the wood stuff, right? Like, it's not very sustainable either. No,
0: making widgets isn't. Yeah, I've often pondered about the economics or kind of the, uh, the economics or the sort of resourcefulness of things. Like, imagine if everyone... Had a printer uh, and are printing their own widgets, would that outweigh, you. Yeah, I know. <laughs> you know, there's obviously huge efficiencies in something like injection molding too, right? Because once yeah, you're sure. producing millions of parts, if those widgets are going out and being legitimately used and they're not sort of being overproduced and stockpiled and forgotten in a warehouse, then if they're going out into the world, then each... One of those little widgets has less embodied energy than Justin on his printer misprinting five widgets to get to the one widget does that it, he needs.
1: Does it? Maybe I don't know. it does, I <laughs> guess. I don't know. I don't know how to analyze that. But no, the thing, I, I mean, I have examples of my own from that, which I think we should probably change topics after <laughs> um, the. Laptop stand we made in 2011, uh, I think their last run of them was something like 12 or 13 or 14, I forget. Mm-hmm. And I still have like well over a thousand sets. And we made like the bare minimum we could make. I think it was twenty 2,400 sets or something. What? And, you know, it says something about sales. Mm. You know, they've slowed down. Laptops have changed. It's not mm. as useful mm. as a product as it used to be. However, like... I still have boxes and boxes of them. Yeah, wow. Because of injection molding, right? Like, yeah. and that and that happens on an industrial scale of like you make fifty thousand. Like, you get those little things on on Amazon where it's like ten thousand of these have sold this month, and you're like, oh my god, what? Like, just this one baby toy, like. And you think about like how many maybe had defects and went to the landfill. There's just it's it's an immense thing. So I don't know. It's not very hopeful looking, but maybe we switch to. What what are some of your plans for 24? Cool. Look, I
0: think the... I could chat about lots of different things, but the key plans for 2024 for me as a business owner, maker, whatever I am, is... <laughs> business maker. Business maker. Being more assertive um, and guiding the company to where I want it to be and where I think it needs to go and yeah less less passive less sort of sitting back hoping that it goes the right way also mm. less less yeah less trustful of the process and that it will all work out and actively working the process so it does work out came up with a term the other day when i was doing some notes of strategic impatience i was kind of <laughs> reflecting on my how passive i can be I was like, no, nah, I need to get mm. more impatient at work. In a work context, I need to get more impatient. At home, I need to become more yeah. patient <laughs> with my children. But at work, I need to become impatient, but in a strategic, conscious way of like, cool, how, which, what things need to just change and move now. And then assertively making that happen. That sums up my mm. thinking of where to next.
1: That's very interesting.
0: Yeah. Mm. What about you? What's your top... Top thing moving forward mm
1: i I don't think I've given enough thought to this yet, but my first thought is probably been the same for many years, but I think the focus should be has to be put this year with having a baby and just I mean, like today it's like I just got to work at eleven, right, like yes. it's amazing how awesome I'm all for this like european style six month paternal paternity leave coming to america which isn't going to happen anytime soon but i think it is just unloading the things that i do to more people we need to hire i think i'd like to hire at least two people this year the operations person and a to be decided second person i wish i could i wish i could nail positions down to like you do marketing you do Mm -hmm. but it still feels like we need like unicorn people i'm i'm not sure if it takes six or eight people before they start to really (laughs) split apart tasks better Mm -hmm. but i mean thankfully we've moved in ways that maybe the economy did too or whatever happened you know the products have been successful and that leads me to like planning for, how do you expand that? What do we what do we offer next? So like I was talking about, my goal is always looking for unique products that we can design and make that have the quote-unquote unfair advantage or something that's unique enough that isn't immediately copyable again. And I haven't heard that noise in a while. And the second part being, what are things that complement that well product wise? And, you know, we've been sourcing some of those things and that's going to play a huge role, I think, for us this year with additional products. But I need somebody to help manage the business as mm-hmm. well as like probably sales. That's probably the other factor is like somebody that does kind of a sales role. And then somewhere in there is probably a more production staff, but it's it's not diversification. What is, what is the thing when you hand off tasks? I can't remember the name. De- Delegation. Delegation. That's it. Delegation. Which requires the people to be actually delegated to. That's <laughs> what it feels like at the yeah. moment. I feel like we're doing well. You know, feels good. People keep, you know, mentor keeps saying things that are very positive about like kind of. I didn't expect this to happen, but I'm glad you're at this point. And
0: mm. have you done the like the E-myth org chart thing where you write yourself Ooh. into all the roles and then kind of map it?
1: 10 years ago when I had a different mm. business. No, that's a good point. I should do that.
0: Yeah, I reckon you
1: should. I mean, I've I done, could... I, I kind of continuously do that without their brand overlay of it or I'll sure. like make tasks. Here's all the things I'm doing. Who who should do these things or how can I split them out? Yeah. But I should look at it more specifically.
0: Yeah, more holistically of like, yeah, projecting forward to the 8, 10 person version of PDX and what that structure would be and then yeah writing yourself into all those roles but i think it is a useful exercise Mm -hmm. particularly yeah i I suppose i hear myself in you describing what you think you need i like i want an operations (laughs) person and i don't quite know what the other person would be like i've been there i'm probably there now in different ways like just not being particularly clear on what the gaps are and i think that can be tricky to hire for if I'm not not quite sure.
1: But interesting is in trying to narrow those things down though, at times, like even with the operations person, Mm. I had originally thought, Oh, we need somebody that's part time. I just didn't think that, I mean, for financial reasons as well as Mm. like role of things. And what was interesting of that person not having traditional making or, or shop experience kind of just ran out of stuff to do a couple times a week, you know, Mm -hmm. which is a weird feeling. And like, so we would get proactive about like, well, work on these projects. So it worked out, but it was like that kind of person, you know, in times it would be nice. I guess you can train for that. We were planning on training, like how to to run the router and stuff like that. So it's like, Mm -hmm. you can have the diversification of skills that's useful. But also I just feel like at our scale of business, sometimes that specificity, unless we grow a lot quickly, you know, like it's hard for me to imagine somebody that only does sales having enough to do or, like... Oh, no, enough. absolutely.
0: And I think you still, like, the person that you hire still has multiple roles. Like, that's the thing with the e-myth org right? Like, the same person has their name in multiple slots until such point that the scale themes that unnecessary. you know? I think right. you hire, like, you can hire still hire hire a unicorn, but... You find unicorns. Tra- train, a, train a unicorn, but, like... I think it just it's just about attitude and a desire to improve and learn and grow. Like, if someone has that. Sure. Then you can make yourself a unicorn. You can print a unicorn pretty effectively. I um, should do that. Yeah. Multicolor.
1: <laughs> Multicolor unicorn. Mm. Yeah.
0: Something that might. You got a totally
1: different thought. No. no I, go
0: ahead. I was just going to finish that. Something that might business coach says to me is kind of like identify like where where your leverage is are like what what are the key what are the core activities that i can do that will pull the levers to make us go forward <laughs> like right don't, don't just yeah. try and don't just try and do it all stop and think about like which bits of the business which where can mm-hmm. i make x amount of effort and have a leverage result right right For progress, which is hard to do because you just get bogged down in the day to day of like, what's next on the list?
1: Sure. Mm. Absolutely. All right. What are you going to say? My completely different thought. Mm. Do you have a business intentionality or like something you talk about or a personal thought on things like, do you run CNC machines till the wheels fall off or do you renew them proactively? Do you do it for tax reasons there's a huge tax incentive in america called section 179 where you get giant tax benefits if you buy machines for your business basically gets tax deduction tax deduced twice so you get the full benefit on the year of and then it gets depreciated over time too (laughs) is wild wow so you're kind of stupid not to honestly in a certain Mm. way if if it reduces your your tax liability and you're getting new equipment right so i'm mostly just posing it as a question i'm not in a position to buy machines at the moment but curious what your thoughts are if this is something you think about it's really not i don't
0: have any impulse to upgrade cnc machines because i don't see them as a bottleneck you know maybe one day i will but for now they're kind of they're the bit one of the bits of the business that flow the most easily and efficiently there's mm. more capacity in what we already have, and we don't use them to their full capacity, like ability. I think the only machine that I can think of that's an exception to that. Oh, there's two pieces of equipment out there which I would consider upgrading if we had the sort of the cash flow and capital to do it, which we don't. Would be upgrading the wide belt sander to something that's ah. a bit more bit more fancy, like vacuum hold down within the machine and maybe a third, a triple head machine just to deal with the inconsistencies of hoop pine, which isn't particularly Mm. flat. And we use a lot of it now. It's our primary material. And the other thing would be the spray booth. The spray booth is a bottleneck and having a bigger one would help. Mm -hmm. You know, That would make the boat go faster. And... You know, we can do little things to improve that in terms of we could move it, we could reposition it, turn it 90 degrees so it's more accessible. And they're the types of things that we'll do in the interim, but I can certainly, if capital wasn't an issue, I would either put in a second spray booth or something that's sort of twice as big to try and reduce hmm. that bottleneck. Interesting. Hmm.
1: Yeah. So, I mean, by if that's not if that's, that's not done proactively, will it reduce your capacity next year? To the point where, like, you have to do it, or no, I don't think so. Will you not notice it for too long (laughs) that you're like just losing revenue and you don't realize it kind of thing? Because there's oh, we can't produce anymore, but really, you've pinched yourself. I think we can be
0: smarter about it in terms of how it's scheduled. Like, it yes, it's running for a significant proportion of the week, but I think we can get a lot more intelligent about how we push stuff through it, you know, like simple things. You know, we have a lead machinist. Now, whose job it is to run the CNC machines, you know, we could look at having a finisher, you know, someone whose job it is to operate that spray booth as a machine and keep it efficient and productive throughout the week. And, you know, there's a reason businesses have people in roles like that. Whereas we still operate on a model where there's, you know, three or four people jumping in and out of the spray booth on different projects. And it's not like we have all the parts pushed up waiting in like the inbox of the spray booth, like. Go 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 go! I think if we did that, we wouldn't have a capacity issue. So I think it's more about production planning and management than it is about that. It's easy to look at the equipment and go, oh, there's not, it's not big enough. There's not enough capacity. But I think we can be a lot smarter about it, and with the resources that we have, yeah, and yeah. It's the same thing, yeah. like you know, oh, you guys operate on a four-day week. What a waste of machine time and resources, and blah blah blah. It's like, yeah, but if we need that capacity, we can, you know, still have people working a four-day week, but, you know, split the week. So, some people work Tuesday to Friday, and some people work Monday to Thursday, and then you, yeah, I don't know. There's ways, ways and means, and we need to get smarter on that, and I suppose coming back to my point, I need to get more assertive about ensuring that these things happen, get impatient.
1: Yeah. Right. All right. Interesting. And I can't think of anything to answer my own question Mm. that would- like machine-wise, I mean, I considered new routers. In which case, they would be pretty sizable changes. Um, I mean, the biggest desire I have in the mill department is memory, which leads me <laughs> to question whether it makes sense to upgrade just the memory at many, many two-dollar signs for for the machine or not. But I was also thinking yesterday as I was continuing to comment or go back and forth with Omtech about the stupid laser cutter. And mm-hmm. finally, I think we got to the point of it being a bad sensor, which I found on Amazon for five bucks and should arrive tomorrow. So hopefully that's fixed. Mm-hmm. And then I got the printer at work to print somewhat reliably because it had been slamming into itself. And the one at home clogged. And I was like, these fucking machines. And I think I was driving home thinking, like, you know what? The damn 2015 mil never has problems. You know, for as much as I bitch about Fanuc and, like, the tiny memory, like, kind of runs. Doesn't really care. It's speedy still. Like, it's making parts just fine. They're super accurate. Like, probably should just keep rolling with it. So, I was working on getting that stoop, that uh chatter Sync thing yesterday actually printed an enclosure and got magnets on it and
0: cool we
1: had it working as like just a bare chip floating around the shop and it wasn't plugged in at the time and like (laughs) got to set up the little thing in vs code so you can actually use it but a lot of those little things to i think there's a lot of that that i'd like to get tidied up there's a lot of little projects
0: yeah that's a cool little thing i was thinking about those little boxes yesterday when john and i were problem solving something on the pencil sharpener and i was watching him move the USB stick. Back and forth between the laptop to make little code changes, oh. and I was like, mm, "That's right, those little Chatterbox widgets, because it just simulates a USB drive, doesn't it? But you can yep, manage yep. it
1: wirelessly. Can I buy them? Forget the total. I think it was, I think it was thirty bucks. The CNC repair guy was going to be selling them, but it, I think it was thirty dollars in materials. It's the Chatter. Dev mob, isn't it? But they don't have products. Yes, yeah. no, such. they're offering the software for free, but I- Yeah, I I mean, if you need the parts parts sourced, I can send them to you.
0: Thanks. I'll have a look. So yeah, like that. that, I remember that. That's 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 lean to me is like identifying waste time, movement, and just going. Cool. What's the thirty dollar fix or whatever
1: it is? Right. I don't remember. I'm looking at his website at the moment. We'll have to look in a bit. Yeah, we have a list of like thoughts about what we want to do next year, product wise, and different improvements and. So we're still kind of going through that. And, but I think the other list I need to make is just like, which is, a, it's an endless list. But I think you make a list like this and you tidy through it and then you start, you have to make the list again where it's like, oh, the shipping area is too constrained. We need to fix the outflow. Where do the parts, where do those packages go? Right now they're going okay. on a box, you know, mm-hmm. does it make sense for the post to pick up? Like, And some of those have been fixed. Like we had some problems there it's been cleaned up we still have way too many 3d printer filament rolls floating about that don't have a home <laughs> that's i think that's um, just how they
0: live they just float around it's how they want to be in the world <laughs> we should just put the printers on them i really enjoyed uh, um, a yeah. recent episode of the bomb johns saunders saunders chat about like i'm gonna this morning i'm gonna spend three hours on this section of the shop and just improve that and i, I really related to that like like, I think it's fantastic that we do these lean days and we include the whole team in that process. But no as kidding. the business owner and sort of leader, I think it's really important. Again, back to the assertive sort of initiative thing of just like, I love that idea that Saunders was talking about. Like, no, I'm just going to focus for three hours and I'm going to make this section of the shop better. And yes, I will talk to the team that use that area or those tools and include them in some of that decision-making process. But I'm just going to be, you know, Put the blinkers on and just get shit done. And that right. that really resonated with me.
1: For sure. Absolutely. Mm. Okay, I have another another question for you. I think when we started this, we were pretty beneficial to each other mm-hmm. checking our progress on products and goals. And
0: accountability. I'm curious it's...
1: whether whether you intend or think you should you will be creating new things again or at least advancing. Your product lines, you know, they're existing. Like, is that something you're planning next year? I know you've been moving away from the custom work a little bit, but not yep. entirely.
0: Uh, yes, it would. I think if I had to put another 2024 goal down on paper today, it would be find a way back on the tools. And back on the tools for me mm. means product dev and tinker time and play time to move those right. product ranges forward for sure. Right. yeah yeah I need to find a way of doing that
1: to fire yourself
0: <laughs> yeah basically <laughs> so your circum our- yeah I need to solve sales so that I'm no longer essential in that solve it, stabilize it so I'm no longer essential as part of that process mm-hmm. um, and yeah get get my tinker time back because yeah that's what I want to be doing yeah.
1: Really, ultimately mm-hmm.
0: is noodling around making new things on machines. yeah,
1: Right. I mean, the alternate to that, of like, if we go back to the machine purchases and all those thoughts, it's like, I don't know what machines are necessitating that tinkering. I think 3D printing is turned into a good device for you. Hmm. But is it like a hobby style, like a tool room mill or like a hobby machine that you can, I don't know what you're thinking of making, I suppose. It's probably always necessitating the full scale router or something, but specifically time or the access to the tools that holds you back from that?
0: Look, it's easy to make the excuse that it's access to the tools, but I don't, I think I can quash that pretty easily. Like, I don't think that's very valid. It is just an excuse. And, you know, I love the fact that I have this big workshop full of equipment. You know, I feel pretty lucky to have Mm -hmm. gotten to that Mm -hmm. point. And it would seem crazy in many ways to go out and spend more money on more machines just to, like, justify my tinker time because I are like, oh, they need to stay in production mode. It's like, no, nah, that's bullshit. I just need to restructure my time and my week and prioritize that time. Yeah, use the resources I have already. Yeah, like, you know, right. that's one half of my brain. The other half of my brain is like, oh, what could I do with $100,000? Like, I'd absolutely, I'd set up a little tool room tinker lab
1: I'm talking about like three to five thousand dollars. Yeah, yeah. Like a Bantam Tools mill, or like a, you know the Langmuir press brake. Like a, <laughs> I don't know what you're, what you're missing, or what you're looking to progress on. But
0: I've been designing, a thinking about a pocket-sized pencil sharpener, pretty seriously. A
1: fun, like a manual one?
0: Nah, no, a, ben- a benched up. Oh wait, wait, wait. Bench top pencil sharpener.
1: You're talking about for your products,
0: yeah, CNC. Yeah.
1: <laughs> not a damn, not, not a damn
0: pencil. Not a real pencil.
1: Got me. Got okay. you. Yeah. I got one right here for you. No I'm thanks. My pencil, thanks. Please. Yeah, yeah. I was like, Jim, they have those. There's a lot of those out there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, interesting, interesting things and stuff. How those brass ones you made as a little side? That, that look, is that hard? I looked really challenging to nah. make the brass covered. Is it a? Mm. Is it a film?
0: No, it's brass tube brass. Brass with timber inserts glued into each end with the machine features.
1: Oh, that makes it
0: yeah, yeah. make
1: way more sense. I thought you somehow fit brass around, I don't know why I thought that, around timber. Well,
0: to be honest, that's how I imagined it would work when I specced into that oh. job and then someone intelligent on the team was like, why don't we just put the timber on the ends? It's like, Great. <laughs> That's <laughs> what I pay you for. No. It's too easy. Good ideas like that. No, We're not going to make it. enough money on that. Yeah, no, they're beautiful. They worked out really well. Pretty cool. Right. We don't need cool. we don't need timber nice. dowel anymore. We're just going to start buying brass everything, you know. We only need a little brass. bit of timber. I just
1: quoted, quoted two jobs in brass, and my lord, is that gone up in price.
0: Oh, yeah, hasn't it? Wild.
1: Also, I'm going to talk about price changes. You know soft jobs for, like, mills? Like, you yeah. buy the little things that you machine into no, we bought some on McMaster in 2022, and we bought them the mill with our six-inch vice. They were twenty-three dollars for a pair, just sixty-sixty-one. Basically, they have two holes and they're flat on all sides, yep. two pieces. I just looked at them again; they're fifty-five dollars. Wow! Since 2022, wild, and that feels insane <laughs> for those parts. And I can definitely will probably be making them or finding them somewhere else because that is. Yeah. Probably not smart for me to make them, but, like, I'll make a couple <laughs> and save half the amount of money. Anyway.
0: Cool. Crazy. Well, we're coming up close to an hour, my good sir. Ooh. And we don't want that to happen.
1: Any last minute? Last <laughs> minute thoughts? Any
0: final words? No. Get them in. Get them quick. No.
1: Yeah. Look at, yeah. at came, I guess. That's what we were talking. Ooh. It is hefty.
0: It looks hefty and cute. Look at that beautiful. It, it gets XR a little less arc. impressive
1: when you, when you pull. It's just like still cool. Welded pieces of metal. Beautiful. Yeah, nice. We'll see. It's more compact.
0: I look forward to your rich vocal tones in 2024, good mm. sir.
1: Maybe people will say, oh, listen to that American guy, like they say, listen to that Australian guy.
0: Oh, daddy. How's it going, daddy? <laughs> it's not me. He's falsifying my oh,
1: voice. Oh, daddy. It's got three of them now. <laughs> you yeah, right. hey, uh, three.
0: Good. It's well, a little loud. That one peaked <laughs> my my ears. Final 2024 goal will be get my buttons back in the studio so I can compete Ooh. on samples once again.
1: Jim needs buttons. Kind of compete. I'm sure turn this into a stream of gaming, Twitch okay.
0: next year. Well, happy New Year.
1: Right. Congratulations year. on probably be back being a daddy. Yeah. Thank you. You Congratula- too! Congratulations, on being a on... daddy of two. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well done. How I never you told you, you about the first two. You <laughs> never, you never meet people, and you're like, "Oh, congrats! You have kids!" You know. I'm <laughs> cool. assuming we'll take a couple of weeks off at the holidays, so there okay. will be a secret show out in that time period, though. So Beautiful. if you wanna, wanna get that, go on the Patreon. It's always linked to, in the show notes. Get on it. We have a minute left. We gotta okay. go. okay go Bye. Quick. See Bye. You. <laughs> Bye bye